Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does on the occasions on which we podcast, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Isn't that the point of the podcast? Uh, I think some of our podcasts have been a failure to communicate. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I'll but we've gotten better. Uh, in some people's eyes. So let's uh, tackle this topic. What are we talking about today, Chris? We're talking about hard drives or possibly the lack thereof, depending on what happened to them. I uh, got you. Now, we've already done a podcast about hard drives. It actually uh, wasn't that long ago. But one thing we didn't really touch on is how do you get data off a hard drive if the hard drive has suffered some uh, some problems? Yeah. If it has crashed in some way or another. And uh, really, to get this out of the way, depending upon the severity of the crash, 
there may not be anything you personally, as in the average customer or average user, can do to recover that data. It doesn't mean that there's no way to get the data back. It just means that depending upon the severity and nature of the crash, uh, it's better to hand it over to a professional. That's and we'll, right. And we'll get into why. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the fact that there are two major categories of hard drive failures. Right. There are logical failures, which I suffer on a daily basis, not through my hard drive, just me by myself. No, that's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> and logical failures, that's when the, your hard drive suffers some sort of corruption or there's a, a, a logical error where the computer cannot recognize the drive, can't access the information that's on that drive. Yeah, if you've ever had... Uh had files go corrupt on you. That's sort of like what's going on here. Uh, your operating system can become corrupt. Um, right, right. And in a lot of cases, it, it basically, well, we can get into the details of that later, but that's that's what's going on. You can't, you can't read files on it. Yeah, um, and it, this can happen from either, again, as Paulette said, like a file, a file becomes corrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could get a virus that does this sort of thing. Oh, sure. Um, there are a lot of nasty malware out there that kind of does this to your hard drive. Sure. Uh, and as a result, your your system uh, BIOS may recognize the drive, but it's not going to boot it. And then you're going to think, okay, well, what are my options? Uh, so that's one type of failure. The other type of failure is a physical failure of the drive. Now, we're mainly talking about um, the platter-based hard drives here, not mm-hmm. the solid state. A solid state can also suffer physical failures, uh, physical damage that is a result of things like uh, being exposed to magnetic fields or actually suffering physical damage. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a different different kind of damage than the the platter-based hard drives. Right. Just as a refresher, if you uh, didn't listen to the hard drive podcast or uh, have forgotten, in a typical traditional hard drive, you've got a mechanism that is spinning platters. Right. And uh, in addition to that mechanism that is spinning platters, there is a uh, head that is a very, very, very minute distance apart from the platters. It doesn't actually touch the platter to read and write information. To. Well, no. I mean, in a, in a typical operating, normally operating hard drive, it is it is there to read and write information to it, but it does not touch the platters. Now, right. if the drive mechanism breaks down, if the uh, the pins, the connectors that uh, connect it to your uh, computer break, um, if <laughs> the head actually touches the platters, which is known as a head crash, um, if any of those things happens, you can suffer a mechanical failure to your hard drive, and your computer may no longer be able to operate that device. Right. And mechanical failures happen for many different reasons. Uh, it could just be from physically moving a computer around and you've jostled something loose. Uh, it could be just the fact that, you know, it's mechanical. Things are moving over and over and over. And if you have something long enough, those parts are going to start to have wear and tear and eventually will break. Uh, or it could be that your computer perhaps is generating too much heat and the heat in turn is expanding the elements within your hard drive. And that is what's causing stuff to uh, to, to not operate the, uh, the way it's supposed to. Heat bad for yes. hard drives. Yeah, heat is not a good thing. I mean, and of course, they generate them because yes. they're mechanical. Yes, and then there's you know the whole friction thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and either in, in either case, you're going to have a situation where you're not going to be able to access the information that's stored on that hard drive. Mm-hmm. And depending upon the severity of the problem, 
either with a logical or a mechanical issue, mm-hmm. you may or may not be able to retrieve this data on your own. That's true. Uh, there are a lot of different kind of uh, do-it-yourself things you can attempt depending upon the type of problem you have. Let's say that you have a logical problem, for example, Okay. Uh, with your hard drive. Um, if you are fairly adept at handling computers, you know, you know, to, to ground yourself before you touch anything inside a computer, for example, and mm-hmm. that you, you don't feel uh, ill at ease messing around on the innards of a computer. And this mainly applies to desktops. Laptops are a lot harder to to do do-it-yourself projects on, mm-hmm. um, just because of the way they're constructed. Especially for people who are less experienced with those projects. Yeah, some of them require special tools just to get the mm-hmm. case open, mm-hmm. because they're using proprietary screws to hold them closed. My fear is always, how do I get everything back in it the way it came? Yeah, for those of us who had uh, the kind of childhood where we... Um, took stuff apart to see how it worked and then mm-hmm. realized that when we put it back together, it was never going to work again. We get nervous when we start opening up computers. Yeah. Uh, but it, you may be able to remove the hard drive, not open up the hard drive case. Never, ever, ever open up the hard drive case. Well, at least not if you expect it to ever work again. Right. If you want the data that's on that hard drive, you will not open it. I mean, okay, if you have a clean room... And you are trained to do this kind of thing, and you're a data recovery specialist, sure, Mm -hmm. then you can open up the hard drive. But for everybody else, do not do it. Right. Because... The, those platters on the uh, on the physical hard drives, the, the platter-based hard drives, um, if you get any dust on that, it can it can cause that data to to be inaccessible forever. You don't want to get it dirty. You don't want to get it scratched. You don't want to. I mean, there are chances that you could clean it or have someone clean it and get that data back, but. Just in the process of trying to read that that platter, you're going to find out that you can't get the files that you thought you were going to be able to get just because it, it got dirty. Right, right. Well, you know that that's. Do you want to keep going with the logical stuff or the mechanical stuff? Because I was I, I have a, a good bit of information on how they they get that information back on a mechanical drive, but I don't want to get into that. Well, let's let's if do we mechanical. Stick with logical. Well, let's go with mechanical first okay. because the mechanical, uh, depending upon again the severity, you may be able to do some stuff yourself. Okay. Here, yeah. here, here's something that you could potentially do mm-hmm. with a mechanical failure. Now, this is a mechanical failure where uh, the, I'll give you three different examples. Here's one where your your drive is spinning. Yes. You can hear it spinning, but mm-hmm. there's a clicking noise. Yes. Something is hitting against something else that's not good. Here's something that you may have heard that you can do. You may have heard that you could put your hard drive in the freezer. Yes, I have heard that. You can do that. I mean, granted, obviously you can do that. Assuming there's room in your freezer, you could do that. And actually, the the surprising thing is this can work. Uh, you, of course, would have to remove it from the computer first. Yes, yes. Okay, there are some intermediate <laughs> steps. Removing it from the computer, putting it into a Ziploc bag so mm-hmm. that you don't get any condensation on your hard drive, um, and then putting it into the freezer for around 24 hours. Uh, the reason why this might work, this, by the way, does not fix the drive. It's just a temporary measure so you can get the data off the drive onto something else. Right. The reason why this works is because the cold will cause the various components within the hard drive to contract. 
So if it if the reason why it's it's hitting against stuff is because something's slightly out of alignment or uh, heating has caused things to warp a little bit, contracting may cause it to get close enough back to the original positions for it to run for a short period of time. And I'm talking like half an hour max. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, if you if you could put your hard drive in the freezer and you have it set up so that you're, you can capture the data that's on that hard drive, either using another computer or your first computer with a new hard drive in it, whatever, you can give that a try. You can hook the hard drive back up to a computer, boot it up, and see if it's running. And it might run fine. Um, but it's not going to run fine for very long because as soon as it heats up, it's going to start warping again or, or breaking down. So you only have around about, like I said, 30 minutes maybe maximum to get the data from that hard drive onto a different storage device. Uh, here's something that I feel that we should mention. What's that? That um, when we're talking about these home remedies, keeping in mind that uh, you know if you try this, you're trying it at your own risk. Yes. Uh, we do not recommend doing this and uh, saying that it's going to to fix everything and you're going to be able to get you you will absolutely 100 percent be able to do this successfully without any problems. There is a good chance that you may not get anything. Uh, from these home remedies. But the reason that people try them is to avoid paying the very large fees that data recovery services charge. Yeah, yeah. As but, it turns out, like because, because to do data recovery right, quote-unquote mm-hmm. right, to the point where you know you're going to get you know, over 90% of the data back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a complicated and technical process, and so it does cost a pretty penny. Yeah. Um, $1,200 is not an unusual fee to see in, in data recovery services. $2,500 is not yeah. an unusual fee to see in data recovery <clears throat> services. But did you want to keep going with the, uh, the Mechanical, home remedies? Yeah, one more home rent, or, well, kind of a and combo. Something you can do at home, yeah. A combo home remedy. Let's say that your hard drive is not spinning. Okay. Uh, so it, you, you, it won't spin up. Right. There, There is a, a, uh, a method where that you can try, mm-hmm. if you're brave... To uh, to see if you can get it spinning again, which is again remove the hard drive from your computer, and then use what I like to call the Fonz method. <laughs> you give it a whack with the palm of your hand, a rubber mallet. Maybe you drop it from just a few inches above the table, mm-hmm. and that might unstick whatever is stuck inside your hard drive. I don't recommend it, but it is. it has been known to work. It has been known to unstick elements that have caught together uh, within hard drives. And again, it's another method where it's a temporary fix. You need to get that data off ASAP. Uh, so yeah, that's the, the hit and or drop method. Those are the three do-it-yourself methods for mechanical failures that I happen to know off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, you may be saying, okay, so a minute ago you, you guys were talking about the uh, data recovery services. Well, what, what do they do that's so special that it lets them charge that much money for it? A lot of the data recovery services out there, um, when you take your drive to them when it's busted, you know that it's a mechanical failure going on because you hear the clicking noise or it won't spin up. And, uh, or you could see that the pins have been damaged and you need to get the information off of there, perhaps as soon as, you know, right now. Um, this is where the data recovery services shine. And there may be somebody in your hometown or it may be somebody that you need to mail it off. 
uh, too. But the thing is, what they're going to do when you do that is they will they will probably charge you a small fee, maybe a hundred dollars, maybe even nothing. Maybe they'll do it for free. But what they'll do is they'll evaluate the drive to see whether or not they can actually do anything with it. If they think they can work with it, they'll let you know, and they'll let you know approximately how successful they think they'll be. And what happens is. When you say, okay, yeah, go ahead, pull all the data off of there, they're not going to repair the drive for you. There's not going to be a lot that they can do in the event of a mechanical failure. Like Jonathan was saying just a moment ago, there's there's only so long that that drive is going to work in its current state, if it will work at all. Um, so what they're going to do is a, a very good data recovery service is going to have what they call a Class 100 clean room. Yeah. This is a room that filters the air so that there are fewer than 100 particulates floating around inside that room. No bigger than half a micron in size. We're right. talking a very, very clean, clean room. And, and so you've heard us talk about clean rooms before because we chatted about yeah. it when we were talking about building chips like microprocessors. And yes. The fact that you need that because the elements on these chips are so small that a moat of dust dwarfs them and therefore if it gets on a, a, you know, a, some silicon when you're about to pros- pre- press a chip, it's going to ruin that chip. Yeah. Um, same sort of thing here. You know, you can't get these things. If you want to be able to retrieve the data from these the these crashed hard drives, it, mm-hmm. the platters have to be clean. Yes, and I mean, if you're trying to, if if they're trying to get your data back, and you've had a head crash, and there are actual gouges in the surface of the platter, um, <laughs> adding dust to it is not going to help anything. No, it's just going to make no. their job even even more difficult. So they're going to take the drive apart in a clean room. Right. And what they're going to do is they're going to examine it to see what's going on. So yep. if the drive mechanism is bad, they're going to move the platters to. Uh, a, a mechanism that will work so that they can get the information off of there. And in short, what they're going to do is they're going to retrieve the information and, you know, burn it to a disk for you so that you can retrieve the information. Your hard drive is shot. Yeah. But um, it sort of depends on what's going on with it. Now, Jonathan was also talking about getting stuff on it. If your drive has been submerged in water or, you know, caught in a fire, say your uh, your fan stopped working in your desktop computer and it started a small fire, you put it out, uh, but your hard drive got caught in there, maybe it's only suffered you know, a little smoke damage, but you still can't use it. They're going to have to take the platters out and clean them very carefully with the, with the solution that they use for that kind of thing. Something that's not going to affect the read or writability of the platter, I guess. Yeah. And put it in a mechanism, again, that, that will work, uh, and do that. Now, and, and when we say mechanism, like, a, a lot of these hard drives, what you would have to do is have an identical working mm-hmm. hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, because hard drives come in different shapes and sizes. They come in different you – know, it's – and it's just one of those things where it's not like they have a universal device and you put a platter in there and it's going to work perfectly. Right. Uh, that's another reason why it's so expensive for these for these uh, businesses to work properly. They need to have spare parts uh, from lots and lots of different uh, hard drives. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other kind of physical failures, which you know I didn't really chat about because again I was focusing on the do it yourself, and this is really not a do it yourself. No. Is an electronic failure. Oh yes, where the the circuit board beneath your hard drive, the thing that connects the the connecting point between your hard drive and your actual computer, the mm-hmm. physical connecting point, 
that can have a problem. That can suffer a failure, in which case you really need someone else to fix it, like to give you an identical circuit board and connect it all together properly for it to, to come back. And you may not even be able to do that. That computer might be shot. Mm-hmm. Um, or you may have to rebuild from that, that point on, in which case data recovery is really your only your only option to get that information back anyway. You're not going to, you know, it's not necessarily a repair thing. It's a recovery so, uh, again, if you take it to a data recovery specialist, they're going to have to have those parts in stock to be able to, to do anything because, again, it's not a, a one-size-fits-all sort of model. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Everything's proprietary. Yeah, the, the, most, the most serious problem that you could have uh, as a mechanical failure, I, I would say, is when there's actual physical damage to the platters themselves. The, the likelihood of getting information back off of that, that disk is... Uh, less than a lot. <laughs> it yeah. depends on, on it depends on a lot of different factors. How bad the gouges are and where they are on the disk, and how good your data recovery specialist is. Yes, there's some data recovery specialists out there who have managed to retrieve data from hard drives that I would have sworn were beyond the ability to to salvage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually had a really good example of that. You sent it to me about the uh, the hard drive recovered from uh, a space shuttle. Yes, uh, the Space Shuttle Columbia, which, as many of you will remember, um, had a a uh, problem that caused it to burn up on reentry, yeah. and uh, it broke apart, uh, of course, killing the, the astronauts on board, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, a lot of the parts were recovered. A lot of the pieces of the, the sh- shuttle were recovered, including uh, at least three of the hard drives. And um, NASA sent those uh, to one of the giants in the industry, Nall OnTrack, uh, um, to have them recovered. Now, two of the drives that, that were mentioned in this MSNBC article, um, they had a whole media section with lots and lots of articles about what they do, um, yeah. as, as many good marketers will do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they had an, the article on MSNBC um, it was really fascinating because two of the hard drives were burned so badly that they really couldn't do much with it. Another one, however, um, had suffered a uh, had suffered damage to the platters, uh, but they were able to clean the platters off and get the information. Not because um, you know the the gouges weren't significant, but because the data had stopped writing short of where the gouges were. Right. So, so the, the, the data was intact up to the point where the gouges started. Right. So the, the, the undamaged part of the platter was the part that actually had data written to it, whereas the damaged part, no data had been written to that section yet. And uh, you may remember in our hard drive podcast, we talked about how when you write information to a hard drive, it doesn't necessarily do it sequentially on the platter itself. So you're, not, right. gonna, you're not necessarily going to have two sectors next to each other containing one really big file. Well, in that particular instance... You did, because they were using <laughs> DOS. Yes. Which has a different way. I mean, it, it actually stored data sequentially mm-hmm. on the hard drive. So, they, so it wasn't the, saved willy-nilly, the no, way most it, of ours are. I'm sorry, I keep talking over you. No, I, keep, I, apologize I keep interrupting you. Keep going. Please. Um, no, no, no. That, that was the thing about uh, about that, is that uh, in this case, they were uh, the drive recovery specialists were able to uh, save information that the scientists had conducted while they were out in space. So uh, 
that was a very, very positive outcome for that particular instance. But unfortunately, the other two drives were were damaged beyond repair, and that you know is certainly not unheard of, even for the uh, the best of the best. Right. Yeah. If, if the if the platters have suffered real severe damage, then there may be nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned flooding. I was going to point this. This is not really a do-it-yourself, but this is one of those things that it's good to know in case you ever are in a situation where uh, you have a hard drive that's been submerged in water. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you take it to a specialist, you may want to continue to have it submerged in water. Really? Yeah. Here's the reason why. Uh, when the water gets into the hard drive, it can be car- it carrying lots of particulate matter along with the water. Mm-hmm. When that hard drive dries out, that particulate matter can adhere to the platters on your hard drive. I see. So that can make it more difficult to clean the hard drive and makes it less likely that you're going to get all your data back. Um, If you submerge the hard drive in water, that can keep the particulates uh, uh, kind of uh, suspended in the solution of the water. Mm -hmm. And you can take it to the recovery specialist who can then, in a very controlled manner, remove the hard drive, dry it out, and and clean it so Mm -hmm. that it's... These little particulates don't get stuck to the platters. So what you're saying is, if it's if it's still submerged in water, keep it still submerged in water. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I would assume that if it had been, you know, if you had had a flood in your house and you had evacuated, the water was gone, everything was dry-ish. Yeah, if you come you're back, probably and, all, the damage is probably yeah, already if you, done. If you in come that case. back and it's and it's already been dried out, then there's not really any point in you submerging it again. Uh, because uh, it, if it's if those particulates have adhered to the platter, there's very little likelihood that they're going to to detach once you submerge it back in water. So, mm-hmm. no need to to go to that step. But if it is submerged in water, you may as well continue to do that. You know, it's again, anytime there's going to be water in electronics, you have to be really careful. Yeah, there's always the danger of yeah. electrocution. Yes, um, but you know, assuming you're able to get the hard drive out safely. Uh, it is not a bad idea to go ahead and keep it submerged in water until you can get it to a recovery specialist. Okay. The damage is already done, really. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, a data recovery specialist can also help you with a logical hard drive failure, although they may not need to. There may be some things that you can do yourself. Right. So if you've got a corrupted file system or you've got a virus on that hard drive, uh, sometimes you can... Remove that hard drive from your computer, put it in, say, an external case, and connect it to a working computer. Uh, if you have the right software, you may be able to scan that hard drive and be able to, without going into any further detail, you might be able to just pull the data directly off of it and put it onto another storage system. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a best-case scenario, really. Yeah, you might also might be able to, uh, it's also not a bad idea to keep an emergency boot CD. Yeah. Around too, which would uh, would help you with that too, because if you have um, one of the major antivirus uh, utilities and, and those types of uh, and the computer utilities disks, they'll let you uh, burn a CD-ROM or DVD, I guess that uh, uh, would allow you to boot up your computer and it would run off of the disk, allowing you to scan your hard drive and make sure that it isn't uh, in any way corrupted or that it's got a virus. They may be able to fix it that way. But, um, you know, in general, a lot of the problems that that come from this is uh, from the pointers that go to the files. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what happens when you delete something. You're you're basically erasing the pointers to the file, and that allows the sector to be rewritten. 
right. you know, when you do something else. But if the file hasn't been written over and the pointers are missing, those can be reestablished. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, when you delete something from a hard drive, it's not really gone yet. Right. Um, it's essentially... When you delete something from your hard drive, you're essentially giving your computer a direction saying, this data is no longer important to me, so the next time I am writing data, this space is available to be written over. Right. Um, it, so there's even a chance if you've deleted something, if you haven't written anything new to the hard drive, there's a good I – mean, you can recover that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying there's a chance. I mean, you can recover that. But uh, if you've started to write stuff to the hard drive again, like you've saved a new program to the hard drive – there's a chance that the sectors that contained the data from that file you accidentally deleted were some of the sectors that they got uh, written to. That's that's right. So uh, that's one thing I wanted to, to mention, too. We were talking about the um, the software that allows you to scan uh, your hard drive to, to correct any file corruption or to try and find files. Mm-hmm. Um, this software can be pretty expensive. Can be. Uh, again, like 99 to $200 is not unusual for the kind of software that, that does a pretty good job at, uh, at looking for files on a corrupt logic uh, problem on a hard drive. Right. Uh, and and it, they're specific to different operating systems. So, you know, it, the Windows operating system, the Linux, the, the Mac OS, uh, all have different um, software for those and at different price points. Yes. Uh, you want to be careful when you choose a, a, a recovery software package because if you if that recovery software package in turn writes to the hard drive as a part of trying to scan it, uh, that means you could lose data mm-hmm. because it's writing over something that's already there. And once you write over it, it I'm not going to say it's impossible because <laughs> Lord knows. I'm not going to say it's impossible to get the data back if you overwrite it uh, because every single time someone says that, something pops up where it becomes an exception to the rule. But it is immeasurably more difficult to get that data back. Right, right. And uh, that's something to keep in mind, too, if you're intentionally trying to delete stuff, thinking that uh, the cops will never find it. Yeah. They might be able to because a drive recovery specialist can probably get it back. Yeah, you pretty much have to delete everything, write over everything, delete it again, write over it again. I mean, there are, there are people who are experts at getting rid of data where you're doing it electronically and you're not determined to destroy the hard drive because you can always do that. Well, they said even uh, the information I got when I was doing research uh, suggested that even you know taking a pair of pliers to a platter may not damage all of it. I mean, which is yeah, why a magnet would help. There was that one <laughs> if you yeah. were trying to destroy it. There was that one company that we saw, I don't know if you were I don't know if this was one of the years that you went, but at, uh-huh. at CES, there was a company that specifically specialized in destroying hard drives so that the data was not recoverable. Um, and they had a couple of different methods, and one of them was that it would just punch an enormous hole through the entire hard drive using a uh, essentially a, a, an industrial-sized drill press kind of thing. Right. Even then, you might be able to find it. But there was another one that would shred the platters. Yeah, that, that would pretty much do it. That does it, yeah. You're, it's going to be really hard to get any information out of a shredded platter. Yeah, I would imagine so. So, yeah, if it's a, if it's a logic problem, usually there's some sort of software that you can use to attempt to get at that data. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, the problem is going to be so specific or so unusual that 
that unless you have exactly the right program, you're not going to be able to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, you may have to take that into a uh, uh, a data recovery specialist who will use their own software to scan and image your hard drive and then dump all the stuff. You should also know that if you're using these these um, software packages, a lot of them, when they pull data off of your hard drive, are going to organize your data in big lumps so that it's not going to be in the nice little file tree system that you had set up back when it was your hard drive and everything was hunky-dory. Right. You're so, likely to get a list of files. Right. You might get a folder that has all image files in it, mm-hmm. which means that you're going to get a folder that has all the pictures you've taken and things like that, plus all the little image files from every single program you have on there. Mm-hmm. So it's all in a huge, disorganized lump. Uh, same thing, like all the all the document files will be together, you know. All anything that's a specific file type might be lumped together uh, into a single folder, which uh, that's really you're not necessarily going to be able to use all the programs that you had before. No, but at least you'll be able to access certain, you know, whatever files are at least easily findable <laughs> in there. Right, right. And I mean, if it's something that's that's truly important, especially for uh, business reasons, um, you know, there's just some things that you're going to want to save, period. You yeah. know, family photos, you know, these things can't be replaced. So, And uh, this is a good time for another reminder, back up your hard drive. It's always a good idea. Yeah, always. We, we t- say it every single time we talk about any kind of hard drive issue. Yeah. Back up your data because... things do go wrong. I mean, it's even if you're doing everything right, systems can break down. Systems do break down. It's kind of this whole entropic thing that we have going on in the universe. So you need to take precautions against it. And, um, you know, treat your backup systems really well, too, because... Backup systems can fail as well. That's right. I'm not saying that you have to make endless backups of your data, but always make sure you have at least one viable one sitting around. Not a bad idea. Yeah. And uh, you know that might even involve saving to the cloud because a nice thing about most cloud systems is a lot of them have built-in redundancy. Mm-hmm. So the data that you save to the cloud ends up being stored on multiple machines because just like any other machine, those servers can break down too. That's true. Well, I think that uh, did you did you have anything else to add? No, not really. I think we uh, we pretty I think much we got into most of it. Cool. So yeah. yeah, I hope all of you listeners out there never suffer a mm-hmm. hard drive crash on the level that we're talking about here. Yes. Hopefully, what'll happen is you're all really, really happy and wealthy, and then every time you get bored of a computer, you just go out and buy a new one, and that way you never have to worry about hard drives getting old because you don't right. keep them long enough. Right. And uh, if you have all this cash, why haven't you bought us presents? That was a joke. Nice, nice. Yes, by, please don't. By corporate, by corporate policy, I cannot accept any presents other than cookies because those were awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Sonia. Yeah. So, if any of you have any questions, comments, you have a topic you want to suggest, uh, you can write us. Our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com, and Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. 
brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 